Hey, what's up, everybody? Yo, what's going on, y'all? How's everybody doing? Welcome to another episode of the Free From Podcast. I'm Jeff. Uh, this is Marquise. And not we're, Meat Sack this time. Not Meat Sack. <laughs> and we're free from a guest again. We're going to do yeah. another, just the two of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm not mad at that. I, no, I, I like it. I hope everybody yeah. else likes it, too. Uh, For sure. Sprinkle in a little bit more one-on-one time. Yeah, yeah. Um, how was your week, man? My week was good. You know, weeks. these weeks have gotten pretty busy uh, since before Expo, since after Expo. We've got a lot coming down the pipe for summer and fall at Capello's, and I've been working, and you've been working a lot um, to get there. So by the time we get to the end of the week, man, it's it's nice to be able to just sit down and record a podcast for a half an hour. Yeah, no, I'm not complaining at all. It's kind of cool to download and talk about things that <clears throat> we may not always talk about in the office, but I mean, we, we have conversations about a lot of stuff, so I can't be mad at that. Yeah, definitely. What uh, What's going on with you this week? Man uh same stuff man i mean just busy as usual uh as always um definitely you know really trying to and i know a lot of you may not know this but jeff and i we decided to you know not necessarily take a break from having guests but you know we wanted to kind of open it up to more a conversational basis and just have conversations uh you know with one another and let you two or let everyone listen let you two there's more than two people listening to this shit i would hope god um, yeah, but man, same there stuff. There are just two, though. Like, you know, I hope those two are really happy with it. Yeah, we we thank the both of you. <laughs> mom, Seriously, there thank are you. Two. Marquise's right, mom, thank mom, you. Dad. <laughs> right, the the only ones that support us. No, I'm joking. Um, Hello. Right, right. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, you know, we talked about uh, what we would talk about for this episode. Um, you know, and I guess I'll get right into it. So. First, let me ask you the question, and this is, I feel like sometimes I always come with hard-ass questions. And you do. You people, hard in the But, but I, I like that because <laughs> you get the honest answer. Like, you yeah. don't get a chance to think. And then they're standing in the mirror like, well, should I say that? And then they're like, no, I sound like a dumbass. I'm not going to say that. So right. you just ask them on the fly, then they're giving you, like, the best answer that they can come up with. I don't think there is a harder question you can ask than the one you asked last week about the uh, the lift ride. So Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that one's hard. And I even thought to myself, like, after that, like, after I said my responses, um, like, I could totally change it. Like, there's, I did, too, for the rest of the day. Yeah, there's probably, like, an infinite number of combination of combinations of people that I could ride with in, in, in a lift. And, you know, it, it could go completely different ways the entire time or each time. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, no, nah, I mean, what I was going to ask, you know, or, or what we were going to talk about was basically, what do you feel your purpose in life is? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe there is a harder question. Um, I mean, that's a good question. And I don't, I think that's a hard question to answer because like, I don't think you can have just one. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh, wow. That's really good. Like I, I, and some people can, and some people do. And I, you know, think that's totally fine, but I also don't think it's limited to that. Right. But, you know, one of the things, and we, we actually talked about this a little bit late into last year, um, Capella's did a values exercise to really kind of get to know one another and, and grow the brand a little bit. And, you know, one of those exercises that I led us through was all about, you know, what the narrative of, of your career is and the narrative of your life is. And for me, you know, the answer I gave then is the answer that I'll give now, which is I'm a storyteller. 
Um, the reason I'm in marketing, the reason I'm a photographer and a filmmaker, uh, and even a designer is I like to tell stories and I, and I believe in the power of those stories, um, when they're given the right attention. So let me ask you this. Do you feel like you're, for, for, for starters, I do recall you saying that, and, um, that's interesting as far as, you know, how you, how you took it more so that you have purposes in life but do you feel like those purposes change based on the time period that you're in so for now okay you're in your early 20s or your mid 20s and you know you're building your career blah 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 well let's say 10 years down the road whether if you have kids or you know you're you took a different career path you know do you feel your purpose changes or do you feel like you're always meant to just be a storyteller or not just be because that sounds bad but do you always feel like you're meant to be a storyteller i mean I'm, I think if it's really like a purpose or a calling, then it doesn't go away. I just think that there's room for multiple. You okay. Know? So I think that there's definitely, and I think you gave the great example where a lot of times people have children and, and grow a family and, and realize that as a purpose in their life. And I don't, I don't think that's wrong either. I think you could easily have two purposes in life. I don't, you know, I've, I've felt kind of this way about me and storytelling for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Since before I wanted to be a filmmaker or a photographer, you know, I wanted to be a writer. And so I, I feel like it's kind of been this ever-evolving situation and ever-evolving purpose, but it always kind of circles back around to narratives and stories and reading and watching movies and, and, and capturing stories. And so I don't know if it will change. I mean, I think it's a little bit premature in my life to say absolutely not I'm this way forever but I also mm -hmm. I feel pretty strongly that it won't change and whatever interests me will interest me because it ties back to that even if it's less creative you know I right there's, there's a lot of storytelling that gets done in leadership and gets done in management when it's done right and and those things have always attracted me as well you know I, I did that for for several years and what brought me back to that was that same kind of your job is to create the narrative of this team and this journey. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, it could that, change. You know, I could wake up tomorrow and want to be an accountant. I hope not. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think something, I inter it, something but... that's interesting that, you know, you said as far as, you know, it being your calling and sometimes people have to pivot on something that may be their calling. Just let that calling go to voicemail. It may not be uh -huh. for you. Um, you know, and as far as, you know, with, so for instance, when you think of sometimes with things having a purpose, you know, if you were to take a, a hammer, for instance, you know, it's designed to hit nails. That's what it was created to do. You know, that's its purpose. Um, but with humans, I, I feel like sometimes when it comes to finding your purpose, I don't think it's something you should necessarily seek, but more so just kind of let it come to you naturally because you were designed to do something but as far as with a, a hammer you know we're we're in control of that hammer and obviously this is mm -hmm. starting to get a lot more on a higher level but no one's in control of us you know humans at least i believe that humans yeah. were created have free will you know right. and obviously this is you know that's 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 a road that we can get down later but um I, as far as when it comes to finding your purpose and, you know, or even letting your purpose find you, I think a lot of times some people never find it because they don't have the patience and they're yeah, chasing sure. or pursuing certain things that 
aren't necessarily meant for them. Sometimes you have to, you know, have that conversation with yourself. And I think self-awareness is really important. Um, I've even said that on previous podcast episodes that I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of self-awareness and I think it's really important. And I don't know. I just feel like if someone is going to pursue something, then they have to know within themselves that this is meant to be, this is my purpose. But sometimes you have to be honest with yourself and say, Hey, that isn't for me. Definitely. But I, you know, I think that gets to a larger point, which is it's a, it, that patience isn't something that is socially acceptable. That's true. You know, it is a lot easier to, to not necessarily take the time to find that purpose, especially once you get onto a path that's making money and, and has trajectory. I have, I don't, I can't even count how many friends who may not be doing what it is that they love to do and may even know what it is that they want to do that they love, but but are already kind of on this on this feed track where they have a job, they're making a living, you know, being in your mid-20s means you went through college during, you know, the 08-09 kind of meltdown of the economy. And so you also, like, are sort of embedded with this idea that you can't really switch paths because you might lose everything. And I think that that's another big issue in finding yourself is a lot of times, you know, it gets the the opportunity cost of making that switch gets so high that people don't want to do it. Right. Self aware or not. I, something that's interesting that you say is uh well, something that I gather from what you're saying and what I'm going to ask you is do you think that a purpose is always meant to be glamorous? I don't think so. I mean, do you think so? No, and that's the that's like the shitty part about life sometimes is, you know, sometimes you're dealt these cards and, <clears throat> and I, and we're not negative by any means, you know, and yeah. but this, cause this is a real conversation and, you know, and sometimes the, the purpose that you have in life, it, unfortunately it may not be a good purpose, you know, it may not be glamorous, it may not be working your dream job and having the perfect family and all that other stuff. Sometimes you are dealt a shitty, you know, hand of cards or whatever, however you want to put it. And, and sometimes you just got to fight through it or stick with it and realize, you know, this is, this is what I was put on earth to men to do, but that doesn't mean that you can't change it, but certain aspects of your life aren't always going to be glamorous. And sometimes your purpose isn't going to be glamorous either. Yeah. I think that's true, but I also don't want to confuse like your purpose with what you end up doing. And, and I think when you muddle those two things up, it can get a little funky. So let me kind of give an example. And I know I already kind of went to this well once, but let me like seriously go to it. I know people who are accountants and absolutely adore and love and feel validated being an accountant. And I right. think that's awesome. And my, you know, my uncle is one of these people who was an accountant for like 50 years before he retired like started right out of high school working at an accounting firm, loved it, and really enjoys what it allows him to do. You know, it's it's a nice job, it's but it's not glamorous. Like nobody nobody is writing TV shows about rock star accountants. You know, it's it's a it's a nitty gritty, detail oriented job. But he loves it, and I would argue that he feels, and I don't know, we'll call him, we'll have him on. He's a fucking riot he feels that his purpose, one of his purposes, because I know he loves his children, but one of his purposes was to be an accountant. And that's not a glamorous purpose. Hmm. Right. But it, but it is his purpose and he found it and he's happy. The flip to that is, I think there are very glamorous 
purposes that have a lot of unglamorous aspects, like running your own business. There are a lot of really hard, shitty things about being, you know, a professional photographer or even a professional actor or a movie star in that there isn't a lot of cushion. There isn't a lot of security. And I think, you know, sometimes those things also get overlooked. Oh, that's good. Right? Yeah. Like, I, both yeah. of those are true. Yeah, no, that's very true. I think that if you were to look at it from that perspective and, you know, when you talk about your uncle, maybe when it comes to, you know, your purpose in life, it could just be being happy with who you are, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, because then you, you feel fulfillment from whatever it may be, from whatever you may be doing, you know, you. but as long as you like the person that's staring back at you and when you look in the mirror, then I think that I, in my opinion, I think then, you know, you've kind of found your purpose in life as far and whatever you may be doing at that current time and moment or whatever point of time, then you're happy with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the big question is to me, like there's still that self-awareness aspect that you talked about. And I think you're a hundred percent right. You know, you have to be able to be self-aware about what you're good at, what makes you happy and hopefully there's some sort of Venn diagram overlap where you find exactly what it is that you're kind of meant to do and love to do. Right. Um, but, you know, for me, I think one of the big questions that I've come up against in the last couple of years is whether or not our society really allows people to find that with our higher education system. Ooh, that was right? good. Like you go to college. Thank you. That was a, <laughs> that was a planned segue, everybody. That's why I felt that so was, smooth. That, that was awesome. <laughs> You know, you go to college and you you choose a major and you can change that major, but there's, again, there's this kind of mounting opportunity cost at college against that. You know, if you're three years into an English major and all of a sudden you realize you want to be a, a pre-med biologist, you're going to end up at school for a lot longer and school is not cheap. And and so part of it is I wonder how much we're not really set up to, to find that Venn diagram, you know? Mm, man, I... <clears throat> I have such a love-hate relationship with higher education. And the reason why, A, because I'm paying back on student loans. So <laughs> That'll no do one, it. Yeah no, one, yeah, no one wants to do that. But I honestly feel like after getting out of college and getting into, you know, my career and all that other shit, I didn't learn anything. And, mm-hmm. and so, for instance, you know, you have those students in, in, um, in college or, or even high school who get straight A's, good grades, you know, they're, they're on the honors, you know, they're in the IB programs, all the higher programs and all that stuff. But does that mean that they're actually smarter than you? Or does that just mean that they're able to retain the information that they've learned Mm -hmm. and translate that on paper? Yeah. You know, I, I, like, for instance, I can't, and this isn't arrogance or, you know, me being cocky, but I wouldn't, for instance, if, if someone graduated from Harvard and someone graduated from, I don't know, some D2 college in, I don't know, Indiana, for instance, I'm not going to automatically assume that that person that went to Harvard is a hell of a lot smarter than that person that graduated from the D2 school in Indiana. Right. You know? And and sometimes I think what makes, you know, what kind of carries you know, higher educational, higher education institutions, you know, like Harvard, Yale, those Ivy League schools, 
would be yes because of what those people that the alumni what they've been able to accomplish but then too sometimes you look at those alumni and you're like man they did some pretty shitty things like they're shitty fucking people like you know like they're yeah. like you know, they're they're some of the worst people and when you look at higher education a lot of times what i'm starting to realize and you know i mentioned this to you prior to us talking about it was that higher education it's a lot harder for certain degrees like for instance with when it comes to photography and film mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff you can learn on your own you know because yeah. technology advances so fast like for instance mm-hmm. i had taken a social media marketing class i don't know when i was in college maybe uh is i don't know 2 years ago something like that and Literally now, if they tried to teach something in that class and they're still teaching the same curriculum because I went and talked to those students, but things that I was talking about, they aren't even learning, you know, and that's because higher educational institutions, they can't keep up with, you know, technology and advancement and how things are always changing. You know, Facebook can roll out something tomorrow that completely changes the landscape of how we advertise on it. And a college can't just pivot that fast, but, you know, someone learning on their own and or you know just doing their own research they can they can make that adjustment a lot faster you know so i feel yeah. like knowledge that you learned by the time you graduate from school is dated um in certain in certain in aspects, certain aspects in certain yeah degrees i mean i think you got to look at kind of two different camps of of knowledge and i think you know film is maybe a really good example of this because of technology changing so much and even marketing would be a good one too you know, the, the theory of film and film criticism hasn't changed in, you know, hasn't like had a, a watershed change ever. It, mm-hmm. it constantly is evolving and critiquing what is coming out, but how you do it is the same. You watch the film intently, you make connection, you know, and the same way you'd analyze a book, how you make a film changes every day. And that's the technology piece. Okay. Right. Okay. So, but again, it's you still have to do the same thing. But right. But so I'm gonna I'm gonna not necessarily argue argue yeah, with challenge. You, but I'm Go gonna so it. I'm gonna challenge you on this. So, for instance, that conversation that we had with Ben about the Batman movie and yeah. how the director had felt, you know, that film criticism had been damaged because previous to technology, film criticism and the way he explains it was that film criticism wasn't art. Now, do you agree with this? Do I agree with Zack Snyder? Yeah. As little as it's, possible. It's a little, but that was, a, I feel like that was a very interesting statement. Granted, I, I thought the movie was shitty or whatever, and he ruined Batman forever, in my opinion, up until, you know, he doesn't we get it. We can get it yeah. back. Here's, yeah. here's, Zack Snyder is an incredible visual artist and a really fucking horrendous storyteller. And I think just about anybody who watches film and, and has studied film will agree with me in that he makes these beautiful visual moments that don't build into a narrative. But his biggest issue with film criticism is he confuses true film criticism with film critics in a newspaper who just say whether the movie is good or not. And those are, those are different things. Hmm. You know, film criticism is tying a film to a historical movement or, or to a socialist movement and, and really trying to understand the underlying human conditions that are creating the characters and the stories. And, and even in some cases, either tying it to their creator or not, there are a lot of different schools on that. But, you know, that's like saying 
you know, you can't study Shakespearean plays for what they were in the historical sense anymore because too many people have come out and said they didn't like reading Hamlet. Those are just two separate right, right. things. And the same is true about film criticism and art criticism. They're, me liking a painting is not the same as me critically looking at that painting for what it meant at the time it came out and what it meant in its space. And Zach's comments don't give those two things their equal due. Okay. All right. So if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So <clears throat> kind of looping it back to, <clears throat> you know, with higher education yeah. and, you know, for instance, if you were getting uh, your education at a film school, yeah. you know, um, if you were, so, okay, you graduated, you know, from film school and all that. Mm -hmm. If you were to go back to college, do you feel that it would be worth it. Like, for instance, so have you ever thought of pursuing, you know, a master's degree or, you know, a, a higher level degree? I probably every three months talk about this with somebody. I loved school. Okay. Um, I have a bit of a hate-love relationship with certain aspects of the colleges I went to. I went to two. I went to Emerson College in Boston, um, and then I finished at CU uh, Boulder, um, and I, you know, there are definitely aspects of both schools that I really didn't like. Um, certainly, I didn't like Emerson a little bit more because I left there. Um, but, you know, I would love to go back to school. The, the issue that I come up against is that opportunity cost where me taking the kind of time off for school that I would need to do and spending the kind of money I would need to spend on a master's wouldn't give me anything coming out of it except a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And I can't do that right now because my career is building, you know, and it, it would just be for film. Right. And so as, I mean, I would love, there are even like, I've applied to programs. I've been accepted to weird programs, you know, here and there over the last five years and just have never committed and never done it because it just doesn't really make sense for who I want to be and what I want to do as much as it pains me to, to not go back. Cause I'd love to. Hmm. If you were to go back, do you think that you would get more out of going back, or do you believe that being self-taught, like for instance, I'm yeah. a YouTube. YouTube should seriously create Touch. a university yeah. or something because YouTube taught me how to design. I didn't go to school to learn to be a designer. I'm self-taught designer and still learning. But you know, for instance, and you didn't go to school for design. You know, uh -huh. you're a self-taught designer, and we design a lot of the stuff that comes out of you know Capello's that comes out of Capello's, you know, what people see. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I, I, aside from certain degrees, you know, where you have to be, where you have to have the education to go along with it, you know, whether if you're a doctor or a lawyer, sure, or, you know, all that stuff. But I don't know, kind of looking back on it, if I was, and this is, that's kind of one of the benefits of life. That's how I'm going to look at it. I'm not going to be a pessimist about it. But, you know, one of the benefits of life is that, I'm, I wasn't able to look into the future saying, do I really need higher education in order to get to where I want to be? Or can I just grind it out? Because regardless, you're going to, whether if you're self-taught or you're deciding to, you know, take the formal education route, you're going to have to grind it out. You know, mm -hmm. you're going Absolutely. to have to force yourself to learn all the shit. But I honestly don't know if I would have pursued college. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't, I mean, especially because I dropped out of high school, you know, sure. I got my, and I hated high school. Yeah. Aside from hanging out with my 
friends and shit, but yeah, so I don't know. I think I would go back. You know, if yeah. I were to do it all over, I think I would go back. And I I don't I you're right. I've I've learned probably more being self-taught at this point than I did in those 4 years of school, but those 4 years of school really taught me a lot about who I am. Okay. Um and and really taught me how to kind of how to learn on my own and how to be self-taught, you know, that's, that in itself is a skill that at some point you need to sort of learn as well. You know, it, you can just sit down and watch YouTube videos and there's nothing wrong with that. But at a certain point there needs to be the understanding that what you're learning how to do is how to do something and not how to put intention behind what it is you're doing. That's true. And that's that difference I was talking about in film between like the film theory and like turning on a camera. You can learn how to use a camera on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And you can actually even learn about film theory on YouTube. One Perfect Shot, shout out. I love your video series and I love you. Right. You can learn all that. What's important is understanding that you need both to be successful. And that I believe to be true across any field you go into, whether it's being an accountant or being a filmmaker or being a designer. There's a why behind what it is you're learning how to do that you need to understand. And however you do it, I just think... You need to learn that. I think something that would, the only reason why, kind of looking back on it, and, you know, the reason why I had tossed around the idea initially um, with going back to school and getting a degree in, you know, design Mm -hmm. or something like that was because I wanted to make sure that what I had taught myself, it it was more so for self-validation. Yeah, of course. That what I had taught myself was industry standard in a sense, or, you know, mm-hmm. or where, if, if I was to go into, you know, Google and apply for a design position, a design position, um, would my skill set mirror those that went to, you know, a college for graphic design? Yeah, for yeah. sure. You know? So, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's interesting. Also something with, you know, higher education is I feel like, they put out the same product every year. And what I mean by that are, you know, the students that graduate, you know, and that's scary to me. I I feel like sometimes with, if you, for instance, if you can study, did you happen to study abroad at all? No, I didn't. Damn. Okay. Because I I think that. Regret not doing that, but. Oh yeah. Same. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. I think, you know, something that, the one of the biggest takeaways from going to college would be the experiences and, you know, you know, kind of putting yourself out there to learn new things and learn about different cultures and all that stuff, because I believe that makes you a lot more interesting person. I, and I don't know, I feel like the typical person that got straight A's in school, went to Ivy league school, graduated, that story has been told so many times, you know, then they don't, It's not interesting, at least in my opinion, you know, and I'm not shitting on anyone who may be listening that went to Ivy League school because I think that's I think it's, you know, a pretty serious accomplishment. But I don't know, I I guess I I question as far as how do you stand out from the other thousands of kids that went to that that had that same path as you? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that is such a good point and i i think you're a hundred percent right and i think that's true you know i remember i remember being in high school near the end of it 
when like college admissions were coming in and everybody was freaking out about, you know, their high school transcript. Right. Mm -hmm. And you, you remember this a little bit and then everybody got to, everybody went to college. Right. Uh, And in college you worry about your transcript and your grades again. And, and then you graduate and you're given a diploma and with every passing year as you get further away from school, that diploma matters less and less. Mm -hmm. Right. Like at this point, and I'm, I'm five years out of school. People, I, first of all, I've never been asked for a college transcript that show my grades. Uh, and second of all, I've never even been asked to like show my diploma when I tell somebody that I've graduated, like in a job interview or anything. Right. Right. And so it really just becomes this check mark of like, yes, I went to school. Yes, what I can do is I can enter into a long term goal and complete it. And that's what I think your undergraduate degree really turns out to be in the long run. Is just sort of this proof positive that on a base level, you can complete a goal that is longer than a week. Well, hey, oh, if that's the case, okay, I can binge watch some Netflix and complete that shit I can, longer than a week. <laughs> well, but, you know, binge watching, you want to complete stuff in like a weekend. Like, that is I true. Can, that's I can true. commit to you, The West Wing, that I can watch four of your seasons on Saturday Right. When nobody is home with me. Right. You want to talk and about I, complete, completing some yeah. shit. I can, I can complete some shit now. Come on now, though. Let's not get it twisted. <laughs> but I think, like, I honestly think that that is what your undergraduate degree really becomes, especially as you grow and add, you know, more important experiences to your resume. At this point, it's less important that I have a film degree and more important that I can show you a film I've made, right? Right. That's very true. Yeah, and the that same is, is true. true for design. I mean, nobody yeah. asks for your college design grades. They ask for your design portfolio, which you can constantly be evolving. That's true. And that so is I, I think you're I think you're onto something. I think that higher education can still be important, but isn't the only access to to that knowledge anymore. And I think that's a good thing. I think everybody wins in the long run when there are multiple ways to learn. Definitely. No, I agree. Um, yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I think that's a good time to wrap. That was um, that was a pretty deep half hour. Maybe we should give a few Netflix suggestions just to like ease the tension as we like transition just a little that, bit out of that's this. That's fair. Shit. Um, <laughs> I mean, you kind of know it. Sons of Anarchy. I've gotten addicted to my by far my favorite show. Uh, but I'm waiting for it to come back on. Is House of Cards. That mm-hmm. that is. Oh my god. That. Man, Underwood for president, for real. Um, that is my show. Like, uh, what What else? I haven't watched Dave Chappelle's special yet. Have it's you? It's fantastic. Really? I yeah, have not it's watched really it. really great. Haven't watched it yet. Um, um, what about you? What are you watching? You know, you watching Sons of Anarchy makes me want to restart Sons of Anarchy and watch that over. So that'll probably happen pretty soon. Um, it's amazing. Archer has some new episodes out that I've started oh, kind of playing with. Man, I, I love Archer. I can't watch it with Trinity in the room. She thinks it's a yeah. cartoon, which it is. It is, it, but it's, it's not, for not her. a cartoon for her. No, no. not at all. Um, but yeah, I think they have a new season starting soon as well. So that's kind of what I've been playing with a little bit here. But yeah, I think I think Sons of Anarchy is probably the one that we can both kind of recommend because you're. Are you watching it for the first time right now? Yeah, this is my first. I'm. Uh, I just got to season four. So right oh, after okay. they, right after they got back from Ireland. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. So yeah. I've seen it before and liked it so much that now that somebody else is watching it, I'm probably going to, going to pick it up for a, for a second go. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. So before we part, I I do want to ask you this because you know, you're big and you love film and all that stuff. 
top three favorite movies. Mm. That's hard. That that's mm-hmm. a hard one for me. Top three favorite movies. I can do this. All right. Um, number one. And I'm not going to rank them. I'm just going to give you three movies, and they're going to okay. kind of play in and out of top three at all times. Number one is going to be 2001: A Space Odyssey uh, by Stanley Kubrick. Oh, okay. I feel, yeah. I mean, that's probably number one. Period. Um, number two is going to be Children of Men uh, by Alfonso Cuarón. Hmm. Um, which is a really, really great movie. Number three. Number three is going to be City of God. What is that about? Um, City of God is... I'll bring you a copy of it. Uh, I have one laying around here somewhere. City of God is a Brazilian movie about what it was like to grow up in the mega slums of Brazil in the 70s. Uh, and it's this. It's incredible. Um, and it's actually... It's a narrative film that's made by these two documentary filmmakers. Um, it came out in 2002... It won the Foreign Film Oscar. It's remarkable. Uh, all three of those films are remarkable and Oscar winners for something in their own right. But City of God's kind of the, the one that I throw out that a lot of people may have not seen. Uh, and I'm pretty sure, let me actually check here. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Uh, it's not on Netflix anymore, it looks like. Oh, okay. But great movie. You can definitely find it somewhere. It's definitely worth a worth a watch. Huh? Not none of those are for kids. None of those are for children. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to I'll be sure to let her know that. Um, what yeah. About, no. What about you? You got a favorite movie? Oh man, I won't rank them, but okay. So it's no secret I love Batman. Mm-hmm. Like love That's Batman. True. So I'm gonna have to go The Dark Knight. Uh, you know Christian mm-hmm. Bale and uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah, Heath Ledger. I'm, yeah, that cool. was an that's, amazing performance. Yep. Um, God, that's number one. Number two. Oh man, I'm probably gonna have to go with um, the Pursuit of Happiness. Okay. It's not, that's the only movie to ever make me cry. Ah. Uh, yeah, the only movie to ever make it. That was a serious ass movie. Will Smith and uh, Jaden Smith. They yeah. killed. They killed that. That's a good movie. Yeah. Um. Number three, shit. Oh, man, let me see. God, that is so hard because I've seen so many. I love so many movies. Like, oh, man, what's a movie that tells, like, a solid story? God, I don't know. I am drawing blanks right now. Like, okay. it's, it's, it's hard. To it's pay. a hard one. Oh, man. Well, think I'm, about it. We can come back to it. You can drop yeah. it in the blog post, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll drop that one in the blog post. I'll drop my number three in the blog post. I'll give enough. you guys to go to the website. Awesome. <laughs> cool. I think that'll do it. Yeah. What Seems would you like say we're spot. free from? I, I'd say free from not having a purpose. I like that one. I was going to take another swipe at Zack Snyder, but maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> I love you, Zack Snyder. Yeah, Watchmen yeah. was great. I'm sorry about the rest of your movies. Um yeah, free from not having a purpose works much better. Cool. All right. Hey, we want to thank the uh, Hood Internet for the use of our theme song. And uh, that's it. We'll catch you awesome. all next time.
Later, everybody. Thanks for listening. Come on.